sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome to hour number two, the morning after, live right here on this Monday on Sports Grid and Sirius XM, channel 159. That's the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM, all across the Sports Grid Network as well. I am Ben Stevens. As we always do on a mon- Monday morning, we look back and recap the weekend. And we did that in football for the National Football League, the NBA as well. Now, to start hour number two, the 2022 World Cup in Qatar quarter final action over the weekend and we start with the biggest of those matchups Saturday afternoon a heavyweight showdown between France and England and it lived up to the billing an incredibly incredibly exciting game between the English and the French where France is moving on back to the semifinals for a second straight World Cup because of course the French victorious in 2018 it's not coming home this time for the Brits. As it stood before the match got underway, France a slight favorite to move past the English here at minus 130. The story of this game really coming down to a Harry Kane penalty kick in the 84th minute. Sailed it over the cro- uh, the top of the crossbar and because of that, France advances. They are the first team looking to go back-to-back at the World Cup since Brazil in 1958 and 1962. The first defending champs, by the way, to advance to the semifinals since 1998. All of these World Cup breakdowns for the good part over this tournament, our associate producer, Joe Frizo, is the stat man behind these numbers that you will hear here on a Monday morning on the morning after. So that was the marquee matchup entering the weekend of quarterfinal action, but Friday afternoon was as good of a match as you will ever see between Argentina and Netherlands. The Dutch make it an incredibly exciting game late there in the second half of regulation against Argentina, who jumped out to a 2-0 lead. But Netherlands answers a goal in the 83rd minute. And then as stoppage time wore on for about 10 to 11 minutes, the Dutch get the equalizer. Tying it at two, we go to extra time. No result there, so we go to penalty kicks. Both of the quarterfinal matches on Friday go to PKs. And Lionel Messi and Argentina advance. Four to three in PKs to get to the semifinals. A World Cup record. 18 yellow cards in that match. There might be another added on. But at the conclusion of the quarterfinals, yellow cards do not roll over into the semifinals. So really shouldn't have an impact on those two matches coming your way later this week. A great game, but Argentina advances. And what Leo Messi expects to be, or we expect to be at least, Messi's final run at the World Cup, they get a berth in the semifinals. So both France and Argentina on to the semifinals of the 2022 World Cup. And the two frontrunners, both for the golden boot in terms of goals scored and the golden ball, which is just the best overall player, Lionel Messi and Kylian Mbappe advance on to the semis. Here's where things stand from the odds perspective. They are co-favorites to win the golden ball, despite the fact Mbappe remains the heavy odds-on favorite to win the golden boot. That's just pure numbers of goals scored. But 
if it's Argentina and France in the final and Messi walks off with a World Cup victory in what might be his last dance at the World Cup, the narrative alone would probably give him the golden ball and the stats certainly back it up. One of the best assists you will ever see in that quarterfinal matchup against the Dutch on Friday afternoon. A welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience here. The second hour of the morning after live on this Monday on TMA and Sirius XM Channel 159. All of our terrestrial radio affiliates now in the mix as well. I am Ben Stevens. So the storylines around the World Cup, we have Argentina and France on to the semifinals. Argentina will take on Croatia. We'll talk about that game in just a moment. But the underdog, Cinderella's story in Qatar, the Morocco magic has not worn out as of yet. The Moroccans, another upset victory on Saturday morning against Cristiano Ronaldo, but really just the Portuguese side because Ronaldo did not start the match yet again. Morocco, a heavy underdog entering the match. They score a goal in the 42nd minute. It was the only goal they would need. They win 1-0. Pre-tournament, pre-tournament, Morocco was 44-1 to to reach the semifinals. They were 9-1 to to get to the semis even after qualifying out of the group stage. And here they are pulling off upset after upset. I will never forget on the streets of Manhattan doing Benny and the Bets in our World Cup preview, sticking a mic in front of a lot of people's faces and asking, who do you think's going to win the World Cup? A kind man walks by us and says, Morocco. I said, what? He said, Morocco. Book it. See you in Qatar. This guy's a genius. Morocco on to the semifinal matchups. The first of the Friday quarterfinals saw Croatia and Brazil go to the uh, PKs again. And for the fourth time in Croatia's World Cup history, they are victorious in the PKs. They are four for four, a perfect 100%. Only the Croatians and the Germans have gone to four PKs in World Cup history. And Croatia advances. Neymar scored, scored a goal in extra time. It was matched by Croatia. And Croatia advances back to the semifinals for a second consecutive World Cup. So here's how things stand. Only four teams remaining in Qatar in the hunt for a 2022 World Cup title. France, now the favorites, plus 115. Argentina, the second best price at plus 160. Croatia, plus 750. They take on the Argentines coming up. And Morocco, 10 to 1, still the longest odds because they have to play the French. But who's going to count the Moroccans out? At this point, we continue here on the morning app. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. One final game for week number 14 of this NFL regular season. A Monday night out in the desert. The Arizona Cardinals hosting the New England Patriots and covering those Pats. For Pats pulpit of SB Nation, Matt St. Jean joins us once again live right here on the morning after on this Monday. Matt, the expertise not only for New England, but for Big East basketballs. We'll roll through this college hoop season as well. But our focus, Matt, today, Monday night football in Arizona between the Cards and the Patriots. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us here on this Monday. Excited to be here. I think this is a, a very interesting game tonight and probably not the matchup we would have expected before the season between these teams. <laughs> 
Absolutely so. A very short spread. Only a point and a half, but in favor of the road team. The Patriots on the road in the desert tonight against the Cardinals. The over-under, 43 and a half. Of course, here we are, Matt. The final game before the final month of this NFL regular season. Every game important for the postseason implications it may or may not carry. This one has it. For New England, currently sitting a half game out of the final AFC wildcard spot occupied by the LA Chargers at this moment. So Matt, knowing the playoff implications of this game and the motivation needed for the Patriots, how crucial is this Monday night football game in Arizona? Well, this game is absolutely a must win as is every game from here on out for the Patriots. Uh, they actually control their fate to be in the playoffs. It's just this might be the easiest game they play for the rest of the season. The schedule is very difficult. The Chargers looked good last night, and they're going to be competing with them. The Jets have been frisky this season, and obviously the quarterback situation is an issue there. But Patriots can beat out both of those teams if they win out. That starts tonight, and that I mean, they're all must-wins now once you get past Thanksgiving and close to Christmas. The benefit for the Patriots, a regular season sweep of the New York Jets. I believe it is 14 straight against their divisional foe in the Jets. So that huge advantage in terms of the postseason positioning in the AFC. Of course, a focus tonight, as it always is in every NFL football game, Matt, the quarterbacks for New England. Mac Jones on the road against Kyler Murray, making another home start for Arizona. As we look at the passing yards props tonight, Kyler Murray slightly ahead of Mac Jones, at least a higher number, 238 and a half. Mac at 225 in a hook. Matt, how do you compare these two quarterbacks tonight for Monday Night Football? They couldn't be drastic, more drastically different styles here. Kyler Murray is a guy who likes to create, likes to get out of the pocket, and likes to create off script and do stuff. Mac Jones can do that at times, but that's where he throws his interceptions. He's going to be much better kind of in the pocket, working, reading the field, making throws, and attacking down the field sometimes, checking down sometimes. This is an Arizona pass defense that has been very bad this season, but also Patriots are coming in without their top receiver in Jacoby Myers. So it's going to be a, a test for Mac Jones. It's, an, it's a defense the Patriots should be able to throw on, but you have to be able to protect, and then you actually have to have somebody to throw the ball to, and both of those are huge question marks right now. Matt, what has the conversation been around the defense right now for New England in terms of the game script against Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, who has emerged here as of late for Arizona? What do you expect that game plan from Belichick and the Patriots to look like this evening? Well, quite frankly, I don't think the defense has a corner that can match up with DeAndre Hopkins one-on-one -on -one for a full game. I don't know if any team has that guy, but the Patriots certainly don't. Their tallest starting corner is going to be out Jalen Mills and he's six feet tall so everybody that's going to be out there is going to be under six feet tall and they're going to have their work made out for him against him I expect we're going to see a lot of zone I think we're going to see a lot of the same game plan we saw the Patriots use against the Jets and Zach Wilson not that Kyler Murray is a, as bad as Zach Wilson but being able to try to flush him out of the pocket but keep him contained, keep him off balance, and try to force him to make some mistakes. That's got to be the game plan here because letting Kyler Murray stay in rhythm, making throws to his big receivers, this could be a long night for New England's defense. And you saw that receiving yards prop for DeAndre Hopkins, 75 and a half, a number that DeHop has flirted with pretty much every game since he returned from the suspension of six games to start off this season. Offensively, Matt, 
for New England. We showed the numbers for Mac Jones, but probably the most vital component of that offense, Ramondre Stevenson, both what he does on the ground and as an option in the aerial attack for the Patriots as well. Just how do you describe the role that Ramondre plays in this New England offense? Right now, he does everything. He's basically as good of a receiving threat as James White has been at certain points in his career. He's a very, very good running back. He's hard to bring down. He's shifty. He's a pass blocker. He's going to play basically all the snaps because he can do everything well. If Damian Harris is questionable for this game, I don't think many expect him to play. And if he is not out there, Ramondre Stevenson took every carry but one against the Bills last week. So this week, it should be more of the same. And he's going to in the passing game. He's he's a do-it-all back. He's elusive. And I can tell you, I would not want to be a defender in the open field trying to bring him down. And minus 155 to find the end zone tonight for Ramondre Stevenson. Again, a vital, vital piece of that Patriots offense. So, Matt, you already mentioned it. Every game feels like a must-win for New England, but in control of their own destiny if they want to get back to the playoffs for a second consecutive year how do you evaluate new england though heading into this home stretch where every game is vitally important it's hard to do because the team has been so incredibly banged up and has not been consistent um the last week against the bills they had their left tackle was so sick that he couldn't practice before the game he couldn't warm up with the team before the game the right tackle was somebody they signed off the street or off the jets practice squad nine days earlier it's tough to evaluate any team when there's so many rotating pieces at a key position. Uh, this team looks kind of mediocre right now, has looked good against bad teams. And if they can find any semblance of consistency, especially on offense, I think they can play with anybody in the NFL. But that is a huge if at this point. So when you look at Mac Jones right now, though, in his rookie campaign, leading New England to the postseason, so mm-hmm. there is a certain level of experience there. And obviously, Bill Belichick, one of the greatest cho- coaches in the history of the NFL, has that experience as well. How much do you think they can tap into that, though, for this regular season stretch run, again, in hopes of getting back to the playoffs? that's kind of the big question here is how much can you tap into a quarterback who's under pressure all the time? That's the first thing. Mac Jones can't do anything if he's getting hit two seconds after he takes the snap. If you can protect him, though, then I think you can see some of what he did against the Vikings where he can throw the ball down the field, attack defenses. There's a couple defenses here down the stretch. Uh, Arizona's defense has not been good. The Raiders has not been good. Miami's has not been that good. This is three defenses in a row now where the passing offense will have a chance to attack, to do what it wants to do, to dictate the tempo lead. That's not something the team has been able to do much this season. If they're able to take advantage of it, Mac Jones is going to be a huge reason why. I think he has shown flashes of it this season, but we haven't seen him hit that consistency yet. And that's that's the name of the game. This team has been good, but not all at once. After tonight in Arizona, two of the final four games for New England against those AFC East divisional foes in Miami and Buffalo. How much more difficult, Matt, does that make the road to the postseason for the Pats having to face off against those two divisional rivals? It makes it difficult, especially with how well those teams are playing. It's also it's a double-edged sword because these are the teams you need to get through to make the playoffs. It means if you win those right. games... You kind of have a leg up. This is a Dolphins team that's lost two in a row, has a tough game at Buffalo next week, may be losing three in a row. And when they come up to Foxborough uh, on, I think that's New Year's Day, 
that may be a de facto elimination game. So the Patriots may have a chance at home there to knock off a division rival to get into the playoffs. And that's that's a situation you would ask for. Do you have confidence in your team there? But they already lost the Dolphins this year. They've lost a lot of games in a row to the Dolphins. So you actually have to win these games. Otherwise, it doesn't really matter who you're The Pats have the longest odds in the AFC East, but really the number that you need to correlate with New England, plus 250 to make the postseason, but certainly still in the running. Matt St. Jean of Pats Pulpit from SB Nation. Thank you so much for your time here. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Prop perspective for the final game of week 14 of this NFL regular season. A Monday night in the desert between the Patriots and the Cardinals. If it is the prop perspective, that means it's the jack of all trades. From FanDuel, Tom Vecchio, live right here on this Monday on the morning after on SportsGrid. Vecchio, as always, thank you very much for your time. How was your weekend, my friend? I know it was a tough fantasy football weekend for you, and I extend my sincerest apologies. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, a little bit tough in one of my dynasty leagues, a little bit up and down in betting, but I think we're in a good spot for tonight's game. I think there's a lot to consider for tonight's game uh, that may necessarily not be, you know, uh, on top of mind for a lot of people, may not be immediately talked about for a lot of people, but I'm ready to go. A peek behind the curtain here. I have seen Tom Vecchio's betting card for this Monday night, and it is a little bit more robust than I even expected for Monday night football, echoing that point so tom let's look at the game overall new england on the road a point and a half favorite against arizona the over under currently stands at 43 and a half a relatively small total but a very short spread of only one and a half tom how do you break down this game overall well, first, I want to start out by looking at the health of both teams. And, you know, the Pats are missing some important pieces. Damien Harris is listed as doubtful. Their top receiver, Jacoby Myers, is out. They also are pretty banged up along the offensive line, which I think is that important point that I was alluding to, that we really need to take this into account because this is probably going to change yeah. uh, their offense overall. It's going to change what the cards are able to do on defense. And I think that's what will dictate the game script, thus pointing in the direction of some of my props. And as we look at some of those props, let's start, of course, with the quarterbacks. On one side, it's the second-year pro and Mac Jones. On the other, Kyler Murray. He has a higher passing yards prop, Tom. So how do you compare these two quarterbacks entering Monday Night Football? Well, we have seen Mac Jones, you know, uh, inconsistent this year is the best way to put it. We obviously saw him benched. He was hurt. There's a lot going on when it comes to New England. And more importantly, their offensive line is not looking good right now. They already have one player ruled out. They have a couple of players listed as questionable, listed as doubtful. So it puts me in a spot where I'm saying, is he going to be able to drop back and throw the ball combined with the fact that they're missing their top receiver, Jacoby Meyer. So like, what are we been getting from the Pats offense? So that has me really, really hesitant on Mac Jones. Uh, On the other side for Kyler Murray, I think he's in a good spot. 
Uh, we have seen the Pats have a solid rush defense. So if the Cards, who are very average rushing team to begin with, can't get their rushing game going versus what is a solid rush defense, this should turn to them dropping back and passing the ball more, which will, of course, lead to Murray being able to uh, you know, audible and essentially just scramble, hitting the over on his rushing yards. So over 34 and a half rushing yards, I think because of the game script and the strong defense from the Pats in the rushing game will allow Murray to drop back and then scramble for some yards. Love that look. Not the longest strides from Kyler Murray, but he certainly has that pace to go over 34 and a half rushing yards this evening. The secondary market, again, looks that Tom Vecchio is giving you here from that prop perspective that maybe are not front and center to most. Now we go to the other side. Offensively for New England, the main guy, Tom, is Ramondre Stevenson, both on the ground as their lead back, but a huge component of their passing attack as well how do you evaluate stevenson against this cardinals defense yeah and i think it's what it's what you just said with their their passing attack and he's become an increasingly larger role with eight ten six seven seven and eight targets over the past six weeks he comes with a 19.4 percent target share which is normally the second highest on the team but jacoby myers has been ruled out so now he is number one on the team uh, the Cards have allowed the ninth most receiving yards to running backs this year, sitting at 527. And I'm liking the over 113 rushing plus receiving. This is one of the things that uh, one of my coworkers, Jim Sonis, who you, who you have on here regularly, he talks about often is multiple paths to get to an over, right? Where if by chance the Pats go up by a huge amount, well, then Stevenson is just going to be running the ball a ton and he'll have a chance to get there. And if by chance they fall behind, well, they're, they're going to be passing the ball. And Stevenson, who already plays a large role with now without Jacoby Myers, is going to be in an even better spot in what is a great matchup. So multiple paths to get to the over for 113 rushing plus receiving. The volume is certainly there. We focused on Kyler Murray. We looked at the passing yards number. And of course, Tom gave you the perspective of Murray utilizing his legs as well. If there is a main option for the Arizona offense and the favorite target of Kyler Murray or Colt McCoy, really, it's DeAndre Hopkins. 75 and a half, Tom, is his receiving yards number tonight. In his six games after returning from suspension, he has gone over that number in five of six. Why do you think it is at 75 and a half for this Monday night football game against New England? Uh, the Pats pass defense is awesome. That's what it comes down to. It's certainly a tough matchup for him. Uh, I believe his touchdown prop is sitting at plus 140, if I remember correctly. Uh, I saw a little while ago. I would have more interest in going to that just because that's obviously just one catch in the red zone. Uh, and that's a, I want to say that's a pretty decent number for Hopkins, considering the role he mm. plays, as you just said, very large part of their offense since he returned. So I'd rather take a shot on the plus 140 for just the touchdown rather than going to the over on yards because this matchup is so tough. So if they can move the ball, get into the red zone. We know he'll be getting the look. So plus 140 is a pretty good spot for Hopkins. So he is the jack of all trades for a reason, not just in the NFL on this Monday night, but of course, props across the entire sports landscape. Tom, let's start with one of the best games in the NBA on this Monday evening. Out in Los Angeles, a three and a half point spread in favor of the Boston Celtics. The C's the best team in all of the NBA to start this year, a 21 and six record. Stars will shine in LA as they often do. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown for Boston, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George on the other side for the Clippers. What's the approach to this matchup between Boston and L.A. tonight? 
Well, Tatum has been struggling a bit as of late. A few low games for him, which is going to happen to every player. I still think he should be in the conversation for the MVP this year. Jalen Brown has been consistently strong over this last stretch. You know, Tatum is taking a little bit of a step back, a little bit ineffective from the field, and Jalen Brown is stepping up. So I certainly like Jalen Brown over 36.5 points plus rebounds plus assist, the PRA bet, one of my favorites, if not my favorite in the NBA. Uh, when one player is struggling, another one's going to step up. And with this tight spread, we should see plenty of back and forth action. Uh, for Brown, a player that can realistically just get to 30 points alone. So it really should put him in a good spot tonight. It's a great look. And the PRA bet, as Tom Vecchio has told you about multiple times, is a big area of attack in the NBA. And last week, it was Tyrese Halliburton going over that number once again tom another west coast game tonight so as monday night football is entering the fourth quarter you check the nba board you want a couple more wagers allow tom vecchio to set the stage the trailblazers tom at home tonight in portland against the t-wolves portland is a four-point home favorite but from the prop perspective where is the focus for the blazers this evening Oh, it's going to be with one of my favorite players in the league, and that's Damian Lillard. Over three and a half made threes. It's it's sitting at minus 118. Uh, this has to do about, uh, you know, multiple things. First of all, game environment's awesome. 230 over under. Minnesota also dead last in the league, allowing 14 point made threes from their opponents per game. We look to Lillard over his last stretch of games. He's taking 11, 17, and 10 three-pointers as he's been known to do. So this is a spot where I love the over three and a half, and I would kind of equate this to MLB, where if I like a player for an RBI, might as well take a little bit of a sprinkle on him to have two RBIs. Mm. So Lillard over three and a half made threes, and then five plus made threes is sitting at plus 200, a player that routinely takes 17, 15, some odd three-pointers because when it's game time, it's game time against the worst three-point defense in the league. Are we printing out the shirts when it's game time, it's game time? Like last year, it was the monsters of the mid-range when it came to DeMar DeRozan and the Chicago Bulls. Tom Vecchio is a marketing genius, not only a prop genius. Tom, have your people call my people. Let's start getting some licensing deals down here as we break things down on this Monday on TMA. We also saw... Another prop there on the ice tonight. Who's the player? What's the focus? And how do we attack it? That would be with Brady Kachuk for the Ottawa Senators. To score goals, sitting at plus 136. Got some nice odds there. Uh, ultimately, he's their best player. He has no goals over the last three games. He's taking over four and a half shots per game, which is obviously great to see on the first forward line, on the first power play. And most importantly, this matchup against the Ducks is absolutely phenomenal. When it comes to the Ducks, they've been basically looking forward to the draft since the season started. They're allowing the third most shot attempts and the second most goals in 5v5 situations per 60 minutes this year. They are horrible on defense. So uh, a player that's kind of due for a goal after taking four, four, five shots in the last three games and not finding the back of the net. So Brady Kachuk to score a goal. He also, his odds for a shot prop sitting at over four and a half and then sitting at minus 112 is also a good spot to look. Tom, let's go back to Monday Night Football quickly here because we had this conversation with Matt St. Gene. It will be one we follow for the remainder of the final month, really, of this NFL season. Tonight is the last game of Week 14. Week 15 on the horizon. Just four weeks remaining now in this 18-week NFL regular season. With the Patriots a slight one-and-a-half-point favorite. And New England, Tom, the only side of these two truly in any hopes of making the playoffs this year. Do you add motivation to your handicaps or do you just look at this game with some of the same evaluation pieces you would regardless of where it is on the calendar? Yeah, I think we have to, I, I mentioned this last week when talking about the, the box, I think we have to take this step back and say, you know, what are teams playing for at this point of the year? Who has true motivation? 
what will that game script look like? Because this is, it's getting down to the point where it's like, these are must win games for the Pats if they're trying to make the playoffs as every team is trying to make the playoffs. So we do want to take that step back and say, what would a rational decision or a rational game plan look like for them? And that's ultimately getting their best player Stevenson the ball a lot because they're missing Myers. So when we take that step back, I think we can use that to and use that and apply it to the game script and then apply it to the props overall. Yeah, it worked kind of for the Buccaneers last week. They came back to win that football game down by two scores in the fourth quarter, but it was a big win because they only have a one-game lead now in the NFC South. Tom Vecchio, thank you so much for your time. As always, Vecchio joining us on behalf of FanDuel. The prop perspective always on a Monday. Vecchio, have a great rest of your week. Thanks for having me. We end out this show on this Monday morning with the Sportsbook Conciliary. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back right here on the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 159, and all across the Sports Grid network. Thank you for joining us. It is a Monday morning. I am Ben Stevens. It is a Monday morning, but it is always nighttime in Pittsburgh when our sportsbook conciliary Dave Sherapan joins us here on TMA. Today, donning the Detroit cap, the Lions, Lion a number, Dave Sherapan, as a favorite for a second consecutive week. Just the third time in the past 36 games, and they cover once again. Let's start there. Why not? Let's start in the Motor City. Because, Dave, as we approach yep. that football game all week long, the Lions were the favorite, a point and a half over the 10-2 and two Minnesota Vikings. Then the line got up to two and a half in favor of Detroit, and it came down to only a point and a half pregame. But still, the Lions looked like the certain right side covering that number, a dominant 34-23 performance. What went into setting that number, do you believe, in favor of the Lions? Oh, you just put up the number and, like, um, you saw some places initially put up Minnesota minus one. You saw other places put up Detroit minus one. There was probably some good debate in there. You sit in the room and go, you know, listen, I, I got Detroit on the way up. I got Minnesota a lot of people call Minnesota like the luckiest team. They've been playing above their power rating. All of these things. There's been a lot of good things that happen for Minnesota leading up to this point in the season. They're just to the the neutral eye, the, the eye that you have to have to kind of put up at least an initial number and let people bet it, is that they're probably above their pay grade or, or their rating. Let's put it that way. So mm – -hmm. The market told you when, you know, yep. Detroit, anyone that didn't have the Lions favored, they became favored, and then they got bet up to – now, you know it wasn't going to three because, um, you know, that's when the bad guys come in and annihilate you on the three. So you got yep. to be careful with that. They took the two and a half. That was the peak. Um, it was the right side. If you watch the game yep. and you look at the numbers and, and, and you see it, Detroit's a dangerous football team right now. Dangerous football yep. team. And despite 11 grabs for 223 yards from Justin Jefferson, the Lions look really, really good. A 6-7 and seven team 
that their shot of making the postseason still relatively long, but much better than it was a couple of weeks ago and a ton of turmoil expected in the NFC East. But another line, Sherapan, for the Sunday slate that some might have looked at and scratched their head or at least said, hmm, was the three and a half points in favor of Brock Purdy and the Niners at home, albeit, but against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. A rookie, Mr. Irrelevant, a three and a half point favorite against the GOAT in Tom Brady. And again, an interesting line was justified in a dominant way. The Niners win 35-7 to at home yep. yesterday, Sherapan, over the Buccaneers. When you look at San Francisco right now, and they're still booked as a three-and-a-half-point favorite, and Brock Purdy comes in there and plays as well as he does, how do you think the market compares San Francisco currently right here in the regular season to the ultimate hopes of San Francisco in making a deep playoff run? San Francisco is uh, an awesome case study in what people see now versus what they can see at the end. And it's been a constant discussion amongst probably people on both sides of the counter. I know it has here in Vegas. I I got guys that have been telling me for weeks that San Francisco has been the best team in the NFC. I got other people telling me that – Listen, you got to give Philly credit at some point. You know, you you have to say that we may have missed the price on them. They're the favorite. Mm-hmm. Dallas is right there, but I mean, if you put Dallas in the Niners, you have people tell you that Dallas is favored on a neutral field. That's what the discussion is for, and that's right. why the market's prices change. Everybody can't have the same opinion. But man, San Francisco is really good, and they've had nothing but adversity. Right? They were going to have Trey Lance be the quarterback. He's not. They have Jimmy G, the quarterback. Now he's not. Brock Purdy, you know from being a college football aficionado what he is. I don't know if a lot of people did. They were betting Tom Brady. They're not watching the games. Tom Brady and Tampa look done-done, not just done, done-done. And, I mean, there's not – there's a lot of people, that, <laughs> it's myself included, that loved San Francisco yesterday, loved San Francisco going forward. Um, it's a really – the NFC is very top-heavy, I would say. Yep. It feels like it's one of those three teams, Ben, that, you know, hopefully when we're in Arizona doing the shows, we'll be talking about one of those three teams, you know, out there. Are you going to be there? Are you going to be there? Your guest, Sheriff Ben, is as good – as mine. All I'll right. So we showed you, you those NFC when you get there. Don't Thank worry. You. Well, listen, we got to save costs at all expenses. So certainly that could be a huge component for my travels to Arizona and Super Bowl 57. But we'll look at that at a later date. We are talking postseason numbers at the moment. It is the shortest number we have seen on Philly all year in the NFC plus yeah. 170. Their shortest price to win Super Bowl 57 in Glendale, Arizona at plus 360. Why? Philly looked darn dominant yesterday against the New York Giants. 48 points for the Birds, easily covering as a seven-point road favorite in New Jersey against the Giants. So you mentioned those conversations, Sherpan, you were having with your friends around Las Vegas, and where do we put the Eagles in relative comparison to other teams in the NFC and in that Super Bowl market as well? 
What do you think the odds are telling us at this moment with Philly having the shortest prices we have seen on the birds all year long? Um, that if you're not on board with the Eagles, you probably uh, have missed the boat. I mean, you have to make the number what it is now. They're going to get – as long as this continues, um, they're the one seed. Now you have to figure out who's going to Philadelphia and winning a football game to knock them out. And they're taking the show on the road. They're winning games on the road. They're playing well at home. Um, you know, you keep making numbers – a touchdown on the road yep. in a division, and they're covering. Uh, Benjamin, this is telling me that the Eagles are for real. Um, Jalen Hurts is for real. All of the discussion that you're constantly looking for reasons, you know, the holes in the argument when you're on this side of the counter. When you're in a book, you have to see or at least try to see what you don't see. And every time you watch the Eagles play, you're going, you know what? Maybe I'm looking for ghosts here. Maybe I don't see something. Maybe, maybe you know, and you start to really appreciate them for who they are. Hmm. The Eagles are for real, man. The, the, the Eagles, I mean, and it's no, it's again, it's nothing new. You know, they've, yeah. they, they have been the best team, but they are the favorite in the NFC for a reason. It's always been a fascinating conversation around Philly all year, Dave, because they've had the best record. They were the last remaining unbeaten, still the best record at 12-1, justified in their pricing as the NFC favorite. But how strong was that number in terms of a good wager with a lack of postseason experience for both the quarterback in Jalen Hurts and head coach Nick Sirianni? Now I think some of that postseason experience and those questions are starting to give way to the idea that Philly's just a really good football team yep. and should be taken seriously, not just in the regular season, but on a deep playoff run as well. Speaking of the Eagles quarterback, Jalen Hurts is the MVP favorite. Now, Sherpan, the question around the MVP market was going to be, wow, this market changes a lot. Is it too reactionary? It's moved even from where it was earlier this morning. It was minus 105, Jalen Hurts, <laughs> as the odds-on favorite. It's now minus 150 for Jalen Hurts as the odds-on favorite in front of Patrick Mahomes, who has the second-best price at 2-1. to one. Just two weeks ago, Sherapan, Mahomes was a minus-160 favorite, and Hurts was plus-450. So why mm -hmm. does this MVP market move as much as it does? Well, there's probably a couple reasons. One is they're probably watching the shows between, you know, K-Dub and Donnie, and then yeah. you here on the morning after, and they're going, you know what? These guys keep saying that Hertz could be the MVP. Maybe we should move the number. There's probably not a lot of volume on this stuff, okay? Mm -hmm. And without actually sitting in the risk room with them, which, again, I'm more than open to do and would love to do to see yeah. how, you know, certain people do it. I know we used to do it like that. We used to sit and have the discussion, and sometimes there's no real um, exact method Benjamin to move these numbers, mm. the MVP numbers. You have to think about what people are going to vote for before they actually vote. You have to listen to the narratives and adjust the prices based on what you think people are going to bet. And yeah. then you react to the market. Maybe somebody walked into one of the places in Fandle runs and gave them a bag and said, I want, I want Hertz. Moves it that way to the favorite. 
Everyone else has to be a plus because you have to still keep taking money on other guys because if Hurts gets hurt today or next game and he's out, someone else is going to step up and take his place. That's how close these things are. So this thing is is a constant. It's fun if you're moving it. It's yeah. fun if you're good at it. If you're not good at this, this market can eat you alive because you give away prices on guys that can actually win it. This right. thing is not over yet. There's a lot of guys that can still witness on this list. Really is. And a lot of them come from statistical performances like Sherapan mentioned. But outside of that, it's also a narrative award. If Philly is that yeah. number one overall seed in the NFC, that makes a deep run in the postseason. And Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs might be there as well. It's still that idea that Jalen Hurts is fresh and he's new and he's done all this, both with his arm and his legs. That all goes into these individual yeah. awards markets as well. Dave Sherapan is a football guy, but Dave Sherapan is also a football guy, at least in the risk room. Dave, as we look at one of the great stories of the 2022 World Cup, the Cinderella Morocco side that has made it all the way to the semifinals. They were 250 to 1, Dave, before the <laughs> tournament got started to win the World Cup outright. That was the same number as the Atlanta Falcons to win the Super Bowl entering this weekend. Right. And you could argue the Dirty Birds price should be a lot better there as well. When a team like this, Dave, that was such a long shot at the biggest sporting event on the globe, continues this Cinderella run, how do the odds try, if they can, attempt to catch up? Oh, they can't. There's there's no catching up to this one now. There's just a lot of, uh, a lot of rooting during those 90 minutes. So there's probably a red number in some of these places with that big one where they're going, wow, how, how did this happen? What if Morocco actually wins this thing? We might need to find a new profession or at least a new place to do it. This could be one of those sweats. Um, it's a hell of a run. There's been some stories yeah. out there about, you know, school teachers actually out there in your neck of the woods picking some games and picking Morocco to get to the, you know, out of the uh, quarterfinals or whatever it was. Yeah. 90,000 to win a million dollars. It's crazy how some people saw this. It's crazy to me. But um, this is this is a fun story for everybody yeah. but the book that has those odds sitting at 250 to uh, 1 because they were higher. This is me, the tiniest <laughs> violin in the world for those sports books out there. Dave yeah, Sherpan, as always, we appreciate your time. See you. Oh, no, not at the holiday party tonight. At the soup. Uh, maybe at the soup. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Closing out our two hours together here live on this Monday morning on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 159, and all across the Sports Grid network as well. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here on this opening day of a new week, live on the morning after. One final game, however, for week number 14 of this NFL regular season. So that's where we end our show. Out in the desert. The New England Patriots, a one-and-a-half-point road favorite in Arizona against the Cardinals. The over-under is 43-and-a-half. This game has significance for the Pats. 
They are only a half game out at this moment of the seventh or the third and final, I should say, AFC wildcard spot. The Cardinals don't have much to play for except defending home turf where they really haven't been great in the desert over the past two years. So we're going to focus on a prop here for Arizona's offense. So before we say farewell and before we say goodbye, it's time for a Monday night football best bet. It is time for bye, bye, bye. So here are the numbers for DeAndre Hopkins. Missed the first six games of this year. Suspended for violating the PED policy in the National Football League. But he has played now in six for Arizona. He has gone over his receiving yards number of 75.5 in five of those six games. He is averaging 95.7 yards per game in his six games back in an Arizona uniform. You would think easily going over the 75.5 yard receiving prop tonight. However... New England has the ninth best passing defense in the NFL this year that has only improved over the last month, specifically the last three weeks. The Pats allowing less than 200 yards per game, less than a buck 90 through the air. However, again, if Arizona is going to throw the football, I think it goes all, if not mostly, to DeAndre Hopkins pushing us over 75 and a half. That does it for us today on a Monday live right here on the morning after on Sports Grid. We'll be back on a Tuesday. Bear with us. It's the day after the holiday party at 9 a.m.